Arena, Oxford's definition. A level area surrounded by seats for spectators in which sports and other events are held. Fancy, eh? This is The Arena with Dave McIver and Joe McFarland on 770-CHQR. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't pretend to have a crystal ball. We certainly don't have psychic powers by any stretch of the imagination. At least I don't think we do. I don't. Okay, just Definitely making sure. Not. But I can say it has been interesting watching uh, the MLB draft, but in particular the NHL draft. And I we're not going to get into the, oh, this kid's a great kid, that kind of thing. But in the last few weeks since we launched the arena, we have hit on some of the topics that have become so front and center when it comes to how teams and organizations are looking at their future. We're talking plan B's. We're talking attitudes in the room. We're talking about all those things. And wouldn't you know it, everybody's talking about it. Oh, are they ever, Joe? Uh, (laughs) Social media, uh, how you act in the dressing room. not necessarily plan B, but uh, one of these guys might need a plan B if things don't work out for him mm-hmm. uh, in the NHL. But as you say, uh, things are coming to a head and uh, we got some topics to talk about. This is The Arena on 770 CHQR and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. I am Joe McFarland. He is Dave McIver. And over the last few weeks, we have been talking about a lot of issues surrounding players and whether it's the the mental health side, which is kind of what we're getting to uh, in the grand finale. We'll talk about that in a second. We'll talk about the draft in a second as well. But I do want to kind of address uh, another format change. We've kind of been testing things out over the first few weeks, uh, being kind of the first real podcast only or podcast focused show here on 770 CHQR. And we started off being, okay, we might do it every week. And then it was every two weeks. And now, and then it started off as an hour. We're going to half an hour now. So you get a condensed version of Dave and Joe. If they condense us anymore, we won't be around. So <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. Uh, no, you know what? It's what it's going to allow us to do is really dive in deep and get real, I would say condensed in the sense of we can get to the point a lot faster. We get to ramble. Yeah, we, we ramble definitely a ramble bit. a little bit. Yep. Um, but I think what this is going to do is allow us to also put on air some other great things. Uh, I know we've got a Sam Peters podcast that's being worked on and, and a few other things. So uh, stay tuned because more certainly to come in the days and weeks ahead for sure here on the radio station. And of course, we're just going to keep pumping stuff out for you in podcast form as well. So with that all being said... Uh, again, you can follow us on Twitter at the arena YYC. If you haven't already, I'm going to pose a question to Dave a little bit later on that I asked on Twitter uh, earlier this week. What did you take away from the draft in terms of sort of the, the preamble, some of the stuff that some of the teams and some of the analysts and that kind of thing we're talking about. The first thing was how different it, like how different they talk about things compared to, let's say, before the first lockout. It's uh, uh, just the way they look at players now. Uh, size isn't a big of an issue. Uh, speed so much more. But it went even in more into what kind of people these these guys are nowadays. And there's so much out on social media and so much out there on the internet and stuff. It, it, it can get blurred. 
The biggest thing for me, though, is the interview process that these guys go through and the questions they get asked and the weird things that they have to say or that they do say and just how big of a focus that is on these players. Now, a specific example and uh, the biggest example of wild card in the NHL draft this year was a kid named Ryan Merkley. San Jose selects from golf Ryan Merkley. There wasn't really any talk about, you know, the social media or anything that aspect. It was all on ice, but it was his attitude on ice compared to his skills. Great offensive skill set, great player when it comes to the big games. But a big problem for Ryan was the fact that people were saying he doesn't show up so much for, you know, let's say the the lesser competitive talent that he's facing uh, team-wise. And he also has kind of an attitude issue. And it got me to thinking... How many teams are looking at players like this? And answered real quickly, every single team. Mm -hmm. And with Ryan, it'll be very interesting to see how he's handled and how teams are handling players that have issues, per se, going forward. Yeah, there were two picks, one right after the other, that kind of garnered up that whole attention. But it was interesting is throughout the entire process, you heard uh, the analysts talking about how... Do you pick the best player that's available or do you pick the one that fits your need? And I think the one part that was missing in all of it is do they fit the team dynamic? So as you mentioned, Ryan Merkley, not exactly questioned for his talent. Uh, Arguably, some people were saying he's probably the number two D-man available in the draft and yet falls to middle of the round, late round pick. It's an interesting dynamic that way is every so often, and I, we've alluded to this before, is when guys start sliding down the scale, and it doesn't. It's, I'm not saying it's all the time. Like Evan Bouchard fell to 10th, and I don't think that's an indictment on him, on him as a player. I think that was just, I mean, everybody's saying Edmonton got lucky. Yep. But when guys fall from pre- very much believed to be a top five pick to – mid to end of first round. Sometimes, and I mean, we've seen it before where guys fall into the early second round, and this happens in every sport. It's not just hockey. I, I don't want to um, misidentify this as being a hockey-only issue. I think this is an all-sports issue. you got to start questioning it. And if you're the parent of that kid or a coach of that kid going, well, what's the matter? Chances are they didn't answer some questions right. They didn't do things right. And and the thing for me, and you said it, Joe, was he fell. You know, he was the, the, the as analysts said, the second most talented defenseman in the draft. And you say he fell. And, you know, I heard things that, you know, he could have been a second-round pick with mm-hmm. his attitude and the way teams were looking at him. And uh, you hear also that maybe he's on some no-draft lists. And that yeah. was said during the weekend as well. So it's just so interesting how teams are starting to, well, not maybe not starting to, but how teams are, really putting a big emphasis on, you know, everything other than the talent. You know, look at these kids. They're all kind of they're all kind of the same. You watch them play, uh, they all they're all fast. They especially first rounders, they're all fast. They can all uh, move the puck. They can all think the game really well. But teams aren't so much looking at that anymore. If they're let's say looking between, you know, this guy and this guy and one guy has a bad attitude and one guy's a really good kid, maybe he's the guy who has, um, or the guy they think is a really good kid, has more talent or less talent, sorry, than the guy who 
is maybe viewed as the more skilled player. They're going with the guy who's a little less skilled because he's a great person. Uh, I was reading in the hockey news this week that, you know, this guy, uh, Ryan Merkley, is coached by the same guy that coached P.K. Subban. And uh, I guess P.K. Subban just gave this guy fits. And he's going to deal with the same thing with, with Ryan Merkley next year. But you look at it, and maybe that's the perfect guy for Ryan Merkley because, hey, look at P.K. Subban. Mm-hmm. And and the other thing with San Jose, too, that's been pointed out is you look at some of the guys in the, the office now with Brian Marchman and Mike Ricci in particular – they're not necessarily known as being the kindest, gentlest human beings known to mankind, but they do know how to get the job done. One other draft pick that I wanted to touch on briefly was picked by the New York Rangers right after Merkley went to San Jose. From the USA Development Program, Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller, only three years playing defense. He's been playing forward his whole life. And oh yeah, he was a pretty good football player back in the day too. Yeah, not and bad at back all. Back in the day, I mean, you know, a year ago. Yeah, not bad at all, right, Joe? So it kind of teaches, and he was another interesting one because he was on a few teams, no draft list, but at the same time, fits that mold of a kid who's a good overall athlete, which goes to the point we've talked about in what was that show two? Show number two. About multi-sport versus specialization, which you can download now on iTunes and (laughs) Google Play. Uh... (laughs) I needed to get that in there at some point. <laughs> it really bodes to, I think, the what's changing around the athletic side of sport is teams, and, and I noticed it a lot on, on the field with the Stampeders in particular, teams are not necessarily looking at your overall results and looking more at your body type. And could you possibly build into a top-tier professional athlete? Like I said, these guys are like robots, basically. Like, everybody getting drafted is the exact same. They're all lean, they can skate, and, you know, they'll work on the hockey sense of the game. Like, that is the way teams look at these guys now. They're all robots, and that's why they look so hard at, at the personal side, what they used to do. Did they play hockey their whole lives? Did they play a bunch of sports their whole lives? And in my opinion, I think it's kind of starting to turn back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went that uh, that route, the NHL went that route where it was a lot of guys who just played hockey their whole life. And I think we're starting to see, at least I think we're, at least I'm hoping we're starting to see the, the multi-sport athlete that, uh, you know, was kind of the, the guys in the 80s. They all played a bunch of different sports. Gary Roberts, Joe Neuendijk, uh, they all played lacrosse and, and or they played football or baseball. Wayne Gretzky played baseball, you know. So, I think we're starting to see that shift back, at least from, you know, the uh, management side of things. Is it, it doesn't rule them out if they were a football player three years ago or mm-hmm. a baseball player five years ago. One of the things to, to add on to that conversation is you just need to look in our own backyard here in Calgary for kids who don't necessarily, it's not even the athletic part entirely, but being an overall good athlete in your specified sport. And one kid who comes to mind is Boston Rowe. Comes through high school as a quarterback, goes to the University of Calgary, plays linebacker, comes, gets drafted by the Stampeders, and the Stamps go, hey, we want you to play fullback. <laughs> and, oh yeah, we're going to send you back to university, and I guarantee you Boston Row next season is going to be a beast as a fullback running back mix in front of uh, a couple of littler guys like Antwi and Stewart. And Stewart's a big boy all on his own. They've got a lot of talent at the UFC, but a lot of that 
it's interesting is watching an athlete like that change grains midway through. And I think what you're starting to see again with Keandre Miller and others is you need that flexibility. You need that ability to be able to play in all different facets of the game. And teams are utilizing that as a a draft tool. You know, they're they're utilizing the fact, oh, hey, look at this guy. Look at Brent Burns. Mm-hmm. Brent Burns played forward for a few years. So did Dustin Bufflin. Like yeah. they're looking at these, you know, especially these bigger, taller guys who can skate. Well, if he wants to play, if we need to move him to forward in a few years, uh, he's been there before, but he can also play defense. And, you know, that comes from being an athlete. That doesn't mm-hmm. come, you know, you can only, trust me, as a person who played college hockey, when you are something for, you know, let's say 15, 20 years, there ain't no switching until you get, <laughs> until you get to beer league. And that's why, and that's only because you don't want to back check anymore. You've been doing it for so long. But getting back to Keandre Miller is, he is an athlete who has shown his ability to not only be able to switch from forward to defense at high levels of hockey, plays a bunch of different sports. So that segues into what we'll be talking about next, and that is the attitude and something that's been coming out in Calgary hockey circles uh, right after the draft. I think everybody knows what we're talking about. This is the Arena on 770 CHQR. I'm Joe. I'm Dave McIver. And we'll be back after this. I'm Jock Wilson. And I'm Dave Rowe. There's nothing better than having the inside track, knowing more before anyone else does. That's what the Stampeder Podcast is all about. The Calgary Stampeder Podcast is not about the X and O's. We're going to take you inside the locker room. We're going to feature stories on your Calgary Stampeder players, alumni players as well. We're going to take you inside the coach's office. And hey, this podcast is about you, the fans. Look, Jock and I, Mark Steven, Greg Peterson, we travel with the team. We're on the sidelines and we're in every broadcast booth in the CFL with the game call. We know more with the radio voice of the Stampeders and having almost three decades of partnership with the team allows us to tell the stories you're just not going to hear anywhere else. The Calgary Stampeder podcast can be found in all your favorite locations like our website, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn. This is the Arena with Dave and Joe. And not just any old ordinary Dave or Joe, but Dave McIver and Joe McFarland. On 770 CHQR. Impressive. So, something happened over the weekend, Dave. No. Did it? Something? Something. Something big? And I think we'll go to uh, to our good friends Gord and Dave in the mornings. Ah, my morning show friends. Ah, yes. They might have talked about something right after the draft and the trade over the weekend. Brad Trilliving says uh, we're not done yet. Might be some more deals in the works. Uh, and That was the big story uh, as far as deals go over the weekend for the NHL. Yeah, well, you know, the big trade with uh, with Carolina. I just, it, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth, the way that he's dropping these subtle hints about, uh, you know, the character of, uh, of of Dougie Hamilton. And, you know, you're just hearing whispers uh, about, you know, what, well, he, what he was like in the room. And, and it I has to know, do with you know? him, his desire to win yeah, or something. I, you I mean, know, he just doesn't have that drive. I They're saying that, you know, he didn't take losses as hard as he should have. And, hmm. Well, with the Flames last year, you certainly had a lot of opportunity to take losses hard. Uh, but you know, I mean, again, he was popular with the fans. He generated uh, a lot of uh, a lot of offense. So that parlayed into a question that I ended up asking on Twitter. And if you follow us at the Arena YYC, you'll have found that poll question, which was, "Are you okay with teams players airing their dirty laundry about whether a teammate is good or bad?" And then the follow up question was. 
Should fans be aware of how dysfunction plays a part in a team's failure or success? Dave McIver, you have the floor. I 100% believe that the fan should be able to know what and why a trade is made. And whether or not you believe the team with what they say is up to you. But in my opinion, I think it's a great thing. It's a great transparency thing for fans. Um, you know, whether you want to believe it or not, you get to learn more about the player, uh, what type of person he is. Uh, I think NHL is, you know, maybe the most maybe the most guilty for that, where, you know, guys are brought up just to respect the team and, and that stuff and, you know, be a team guy, be with your guys all the time. And when you find out that there are certain guys who, who aren't like that, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, it's good news to hear, maybe not for the guy who is being talked about, but for someone who's a sports fan and wants to hear as much about, you know, the team I follow as I can, it's exactly what I want to hear. And like I said, whether you believe it or not, it's, it's good that it's out there. It's kind of an accountability pillar at the end of the day, right? Is teams are going to wonder why a kid didn't pan out or why something didn't go right. And invariably the rumor mill will eat the kid alive anyways. So why not get ahead of it? I'm not necessarily for media going out of their way to try to bury a guy, but if a team has issues, if teammates feel that they need to out the guy, then let them out the guy. I mean, that's that's the because the other side of it, and you and I had this discussion earlier on in the week, is we always celebrate when things suddenly come together, right? And no further do you have to look than when Glenn, uh, Glenn Gullitson pulls aside Mark Giordano on the team train to Montreal and that much-heralded story about how Gully said, hey, let's have a beer. We just need a beer. And all of a sudden, it turns things around, and it leads to the 2015 playoff run. Suddenly, now we're turning back on it. Like we, we can only talk about it when it's a good thing and team bonding is good, but when the bonding isn't happening or the bonding isn't there, then all of a sudden, it's you know put up the devil horns and say, no, you can't do that. Hey, I'll, I'll be honest. It sucks when a good player that you like, who's awesome for your hockey team that you cheer for, gets traded because he's not fitting into the dressing room. And there are lots of people out there who are going to sit here and say, who cares about the dressing room? And you can look at me and discard what I say because I didn't play in the NHL or I didn't play major junior. But look, I've, I've been in dressing rooms my whole entire life. The most important thing on a hockey team is how that dressing room functions. It affects every single guy on the ice. It affects how guys play. And... People are going to hate me saying this, but if you've never been in a dressing room, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. And that's probably why you're upset about Dougie Hamilton getting traded. Jump all over me, go for it. But that's my opinion, and that's the way it has always been in the NHL. You look at guys getting moved, and stuff doesn't come out about it. Maybe it's a dressing room issue. And there's lots of examples you can look back on that uh, you can you can go and Google them up and find the answers for what a guy's got traded. And finding out about those reasons for me, hey, I'm ready to listen. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where he, when a young guy gets traded three or four or five times, as we've seen... For the same reason. And yet was an unheralded prospect who, or heralded prospect, you start to ask questions, right? And the in, inevitably, you're going to see the rumor mill start to swirl around what's going... Now, that does beg an interesting question about Michelle Petit, because uh, he might have been on a few teams during his time. <laughs> um, but that's a different story for a different day. But 
Hey, you, still, can look at it, you can look at it from the other side. Lots of guys play for different teams because, you know, they're a great deadline pickup. They're a yeah. veteran guy who's a great leader. And, hey, that's a great story to hear. Mm-hmm. We all love those stories of the trade deadline. But when a guy gets traded because he has a bad attitude, the teams all of a sudden get vilified for it. And it's a bad thing for some people. So you, you, you can't have it both ways. But I do think that there needs to be uh, a little bit of accountability because, again, the fans are paying the, the bucks at the end of the day to sit in the seats and if the team is underperforming, then the question needs to be asked is what's going on? And and again, I would go back to the player. If the player is upset about being called out, then it's up to the player to fix their mindset. And this goes for every sport. I'm not talking just hockey again. This is every sport. If you're wondering why everybody doesn't get along with you, maybe you know it's it's that whole stinky kid on the bus thing right like <laughs> not to go back to my how i met your mother uh references but yeah and and like i said you you can't have it both ways like you want to know why a player got traded and then they tell you and you're going to be upset about it well you're you're welcome to be upset about it and the reason why but hey the team told you deal with it so this leads us to what's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks here. Dave and I have sort of been working on this crescendo. Uh, we, don't, towards... we don't know where the top of the mountain is. <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. And it's all to do with mental health. And it's something that has really come up uh, recently. We've, been, we've heard from Dan Carcillo. We've heard from Nick Boynton. We've heard from Ken Dryden on the radio station. We're going to try to dive a little deeper into, in a couple of weeks, into this whole notion about mental health and sports. And how a lot of the factors that we've been talking about over the last few weeks have really have a dramatic impact on the athletes, on the coaches, on the parents of everyone that's involved. And so we wanted to kind of put the nice little bow on sort of the last few weeks. And then we're going to kind of change gears a little bit. And we've been tossing out a few ideas. One of them is concussions and the prevalence of concussions and really talk about it from every aspect of it. And we're going to make kind of a multi-part, much like this one, uh, over the span of a few weeks to talk to athletes, to talk to doctors, to talk to uh, anybody who's sort of involved in that sort of mindset. And then we kind of want to talk about uh, baseball and oh. other sports because we tend to focus a lot on the two big sports here in Canada with being football and hockey. But there are other sports going on, and they're all thriving. Soccer in the city is going well. Baseball has been going really well. Uh, I think we are setting the stage for some very good few weeks here, Dave. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And when we talk about concussions, Joe, and I think when we make it a couple of uh, a couple of episodes, um, you know, it's going to be, we've heard the player stories. You know, you listen to uh, Dan Carcillo talk about, you know, Steve Monador, and you hear Nick Boynton, who was on with Rob Breckenridge uh, a, a couple weeks ago now. But then you hear the cool stories, like the UFC story where they might actually have a sideline test, mm-hmm. uh, you know, coming out here and and it's a blood test and, can't be that hard to take blood from from a guy on the sidelines. The cool stories like that, and and just where we're at, where are the leagues at? Who's recognizing it? Who's not? Once again, this is the arena on seven seventy CHQR, and wherever you find your favorite podcast, be it Apple Podcast, Google Play, Tune In, you name it, we are there. Also up on the website. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to the arena. It has been a pleasure so far, and looking forward to the next few weeks there, Dave. Can't wait, Joe. Uh, We'll have some good topics and uh, we'll have some fun. Have yourselves a great weekend. Uh, Canada Day long weekend. It's going to be fantastic. See you soon. Happy Canada Day weekend.